Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. One of my boys, my youngest boy, uh, Liam, was born at Easter. I know Easter changes every year around the date and the time, but back in 2009, he was born on the Wednesday before Good Friday. And that means tomorrow's his birthday, he turns 14. And we will do what we always do sometime over this weekend. We will gather family together and we will celebrate him. We will come around a meal because there's no better way to celebrate than eating together. Uh, that's a great thing to do. And we'll gather and we'll, we'll celebrate. And we have a tradition uh, at our birthdays where we go around the table and uh, we say something about whoever's birthday it is. So tomorrow or whenever we celebrate Monday or whenever it comes, we'll, we'll sit around that table and we will say uh, what we see in the person whose birthday it is. We will see what we love about them what we see in who they are, and we will celebrate their identity, and we will celebrate uh, the the person that they're becoming and who they really are. And there's that wonderful, rich sense of belonging and affirmation and encouragement and love and identity that's found around a table of celebration, a, a meal gathered together in honor of someone or something. And tomorrow we'll we'll spend time doing that. Did did you know that God loves to celebrate with meals as well? Did you know that? Throughout scripture, you will find reference to the table, to gathering around a table, to celebrating around a feast together. And there's a celebration described as an incredible banquet that everyone is invited to. When Jesus comes back to reign forever, it's described like there's going to be this great wedding banquet. Did you know that? That's cool. You you and I have been invited to a wedding banquet. It's a great wedding banquet that God the Father is inviting people to where those who are in relationship with Him through Jesus will celebrate the coming together of the church and Jesus in an eternal union. Where we will find our truest identity, affirmation, love, where we will know and experience being one with Jesus around that table. John in the book of Revelation from the Bible describes it like this. He said, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. A prophet, Isaiah, writes in early, earlier on than that, writes this about the same event. He says, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. Wow, that sounds all right to me. Anyone else want to join in that one? That's, I want to, if, if God is putting on a spread, I, I'd like to see the wine list and the menu, right? This is going to be good. You don't want to miss that. 
You don't want to miss the, the moment, the culmination of, of all of creation and the, the, the way in which God has put all things into being and coming together at the end to celebrate being in this eternal union with Him. Today, I'd like to tell you a, a story that describes who gets invited to that wedding banquet. It's not actually my story. It's a story that Jesus told. And the reason I wanna tell you the story is because I, I think it's gonna help you to understand this Good Friday a little better, Easter as a whole a little better. It'll help us understand why it's worth stopping and remembering what Jesus did for us this day when he went to the cross and died on our behalf. You see, it's too easy to simply recount the story of, of him going to the cross without remembering why he did that. And the story I wanna tell you, it helps unpack the, the type of love that God has for us all, for you and me. And you might even find yourself in this story as I read it. But what I really want you to pay attention to is how God wants everyone to come and celebrate with him forever. The reason Jesus told this story was so that people would understand that everyone is welcome to God's celebration, but just like any invitation to a celebration, you need to accept the invitation in order to go. Let's read from Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. Verses 15 through to 24. This is the story Jesus told. When one of those at the table heard him, uh, heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, oh, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it, please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out, please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. And the servant came back and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and to the, the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Remember those passages I read out before from Isaiah and from Revelation, describing a banquet that we're invited to. Well, this is what this man is referencing towards Jesus. When he says, blessed is the one who will eat in the feast of the kingdom of God, that's what he's talking about. And it will be a blessing. He was right. It's gonna be an incredible blessing. You don't wanna miss out on that or take it for granted. 
or maybe even worse, show no interest at all. And so Jesus then tells this story to him to reorient his understanding of who's actually gonna be invited to that banquet. You see, there's two responses. In this story that Jesus tells, the rich man who's hosting the banquet describes God. And then there are two main types of people to portray two basic responses to God's invitation to eternal life. There are those who are are caught up with the things of the world, those who are caught up with the way of the world, the the material possessions of the world, the the worries of the world, the things that are within the world and of the world, and, and, and they're busy people, they're people who have wealthy people, sometimes self-sufficient people. That's the first guess. Uh, this is the guy with the, the oxen, this is the guy with the field, this is the one that's making an excuse about getting married. And then there are those who probably would never have ever thought that they were on the guest list, that they were going to be invited. The vagabonds, the sick, the poor, the lame, the blind, those who are outcasts, those who are sleeping rough behind the hedges, the outcasts who weren't in a home, who didn't have a place to lay their head. See, the original guest list of people are so caught up in their way of life that they they ignored the invitation. The excuses for skipping the banquet are incredibly lame, completely devaluing the invitation to come. Possessions, land, relationships, they're all being prioritised over coming to the banquet. And I can see myself in this story, where it's so easy to get caught up in like a, 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 a tide of, of the world and all that it says matters, the things that you need to have to make it matter, the things that you need to have to make it better, to make it easier, to make it worthwhile, all the hard work and the success that the world says it is. I can easily get swept up in all of that. You see, when we do get caught up in our own world or in material things of this world, or even with our own self-sufficiency, we can easily ignore the invitation to something far greater than we could ever imagine. Our focus on the things of the world that supposedly make for a better life stops us from enjoying something even greater. And then there are those people who had just never thought they'd get that invite. Not to something so special. In fact, unless they were prepared to accept that they didn't deserve the invitation and could never afford to pay for a seat at such a table, they simply had to accept their invitation out of the generosity, out of the blessing of the master they wouldn't attend either. You see, the desire of the master is for everyone to come, and so he extends the invitation, and it's free. Listen to what Jesus said in verses 22 through 23. Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered had been done, but there still is room. 
And the master told his servant, go out to the roads, the country lanes, and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I love weddings. I like going to a great wedding celebration. Anyone with me? I know the introverts of you are just like, I'd prefer just to you know, hide away somewhere in the corner. But I, I love the celebration of a wedding. I love sitting around that, that table where people come together, two families, two couple who love one another, their families and their friends, and they come to be joined together. And, and there's a great celebration, a great time of just enjoying uh, all the special festivities that come with a wedding. And you feel really special when you're on that invite list, don't you? You feel like that's great when you, you get that invite to come and to be a part of that. It's a very special thing to receive because you know that there's a limited number of people who are going to get invited because of the pure economics of putting on a wedding. You know that, that, and I can remember a time when uh, I, I got an invitation to a wedding just a couple of weeks out from the wedding. You know what that means, don't you? <laughs> that, 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 that means that you weren't on the original list. You were on the B list, not the A list. You, you got an invitation because somebody else couldn't go. And so you were the supplementary invite. And you could kind of read that story that Jesus is telling like that. Like you're, uh, there's a certain group of people who are on the A list and a certain group of people on the B list, but that's not why Jesus told it the way he did. What he wanted to let everybody know is there's no A and B list. You see, the people who he was telling it to, they thought there was an A and B list because they thought they were on the A list. He's sitting around a table with lots of wealthy, religious, people of influence, people who expected that they should be on the A-list. And he's telling them, you're seeing it wrong. There is no A and B list. In fact, if you see it like that, you may not be on the list because everyone is welcome around my table. Compel them to come in, that my house will be full. There's plenty of room for everyone around God's table. And the master of the banquet was determined that some would enjoy what he had prepared. If those originally invited were making all their lame excuses not to attend, the master commanded his servant to go out and persuade, to compel others to fill the banquet. And Jesus uses the word compel to indicate God's great desire to fill his house. He also uses it because he understands the mindset of most people, particularly of maybe these vagabonds, these wanderers, these, these outcasts. They need to be convinced, compelled to come because the master wants them there. And again, I find myself in the story. I find myself in this story because I'd prefer to be knowing I'm on the A-list because maybe I deserve to be. 
My, my pride, my own self-sufficiency, my own way of, of, of life would tell me, I, I think I need to be there. But then there's a part of me who goes, I don't think I could ever deserve to be there. I need to be compelled by the love of God that he really wants me there. You see, the servant wasn't selling tickets for admission. It wasn't like, you know, a thousand dollar plate fundraiser for the kingdom. This wasn't a, a benefit supper where you just kind of kick in whatever you feel like. It wasn't even a church potluck where, where you bring the main dish or a dessert or whatever it might be. The master says, come for everything is ready now. All you need to bring is yourself and an appetite. It's totally free and for you because the host is picking up the tab. You eat at his expense. And this is one of the most beautiful things about God's invitation, yet it's one of the most difficult things for people to accept because it means that we cannot take any credit for ourselves. If we can offer something in exchange for the meal, we feel better about it. But to come and eat freely is almost an affront to our dignity, our pride. But there is only one way that God offers his salvation. He pays for it all. He's paid for it all. And all you can do is come and receive it freely. Any other way is gonna bring glory to people. God's way bring glory to him and his grace. So a really good question today for you to consider is will you accept the invitation of God's great banquet table? Can you trust he desires you to be there and, and you can't earn your invitation? Have you wrestled with the things that could potentially be used as either an excuse in your own mind, rule you out maybe from the guest list? God's invitation is motivated by a love that saves and transforms us. And I don't know about you, but I, I really need Jesus to do this for me. You see, despite our sin, despite our past mistakes, our flaws, our brokenness, our pride, our, our self-sufficiency, Jesus looks at us and considers us worth the invitation. You are worth the invitation required. Jesus's incredible sacrifice. Most of us are just so caught up with either the things of the world or in our own shame about our past or even our present that we are almost think it's too good to be true. That someone would do something for me that I did not deserve. But the Bible says this. It says when we were utterly helpless, Christ came just at the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. It's kind of hard to believe, but it's true. My heart is so deeply proud and selfish, it's difficult to even do someone another favor without grumbling. 
And this is why I find it hard to believe that I would be worth that kind of sacrifice. But you know what? God sees me and thinks, John, you're worth the invitation. God sees you today and he says, you're worth the invitation. What's your RSVP gonna be? Will you accept the invitation? Or are you gonna be more preoccupied with other things? Or perhaps you've ruled yourself out because of your past. Are you letting your past determine you? Are you letting your shame and guilt be that which defines you? See what Jesus did on the cross that we remember this day, for you and for me, is the invitation to an eternal celebration with Jesus. The extent of his love shows you that you don't have to be defined by your mistakes or your rebellion or your pride. He steps into your current situation and invites you into a relationship where God can deal with all that stuff. He doesn't wait until you have your act together. He doesn't wait until somehow no longer feel the pain from others or the guilt of how you've treated them. He steps in while we're, while we're trying or either deal with it or cover it up or ignore it or whatever we're doing to try to survive. He steps in in that moment and produces an invitation to come and be in a relationship with God the Father. Only a perfect God can forgive you perfectly. And Jesus made this possible because he was the perfect sacrifice. That's the power of the invitation. You see, the bigger picture that we fit into from the time God created the world tells us that we're designed for good, but we have become damaged by evil. We're separated from God by our sin. We've turned against each other in our own pride. And I don't have to open my Bible to know that. I, I just switch on the television or, or, or read my feed, you know? I, I can see that the world around us is suffocating in sickness and greed and hate and violence and left to ourselves. There's nothing we can do about it. We need someone to come find us, invite us into a different scenario, to do something that changes our hearts, redefines our past, restores our relationship and the world in which we live in. And that's precisely the point of Easter. There's only one way to enjoy the eternal banquet. There's only one invitation and that's through Jesus and what he has done on our behalf. Jesus is making a way from God to us. He is the invitation to the great banquet. And he experiences the death and the isolation that comes from sin so that we are able to experience the intimacy with God and each other, a truly wonderful banquet celebration. Where do you fit in in the story? Which person are you more like or like me? Can you see yourself maybe in multiple ways? Will you say yes to Jesus' invitation? The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of 
God's required standard. And so we're worthy only of death and eternal separation from him. Our works, they're never sufficient for our salvation. Our only hope, both eternal and abundant life, is found in Jesus. Only Jesus saves. And all who believe in Jesus' suffering and death on their behalf have their sins taken away by him. He personally carried our sins in his body on that cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are healed. Thank you, Jesus. And this this is why Good Friday for all who believe and receive Jesus' invitation is an amazing story of love, of an open invitation to all. Living with God forever, the great banquet. What will your response to Jesus be? If you haven't believed in and received from Jesus' suffering and death the forgiveness of sin and eternal and abundant life, then you can do that right now. You can do that this day by sincerely praying and then living out the following prayer that I'd like to read with you. If you're watching us online right now, I'd invite you to, to pray along with us as well. Maybe today, this day, you've heard the invitation for the very first time. And the pennies dropped that you're invited. Everyone's invited. Will your response to him be yes? I accept the invitation. If so, then this prayer could symbolize that for you today. And actually, more than that, you could walk into your eternity with Jesus and the Father. Let me pray with you. Lord Jesus, I need you and I choose to accept your invitation to your great banquet. Thank you for suffering and dying on that cruel cross for me and my sin when I only deserve eternal separation from you. Thank you, Father, for your love that was so clearly demonstrated by what Jesus has done for me. Jesus, I open the door of my heart, believe in your sacrifice and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins and giving me eternal and abundant life. From this moment on, I give you authority to take control of my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be by filling me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, a very practical expression of your heart's prayer this morning is to to come and share in communion. You'll receive a little wafer and a little bit of juice. They're symbolic of Jesus' body that was given for us and His blood that was shed for us and it reminds us of what was required to have a seat at the great banquet. Jesus is the invitation to this eternal celebration 
He came not only announcing the kingdom, but made a way and has prepared the table. This morning, if that was your prayer that you prayed, this will be a very significant and meaningful opportunity for you to just, again, symbolically remember what Christ has done for you and thank Him for saving you. If you've prayed that kind of prayer many times before, it's another great opportunity to stop and be thankful for the invitation to maybe reorient yourself back into the purposes of Jesus, your Saviour, to come and receive His healing, to come and know of His acceptance, affirmation, the identity that you have now in Him. Lord Jesus, thank You for Your incredible love demonstrated by going to the cross. Perfect, sinless, blameless and dying on our behalf for our sin. And surely it was our sin that held you there, that put you on that cross. For there was no other way but by the spilling of your blood, by the giving of your body, in which we could come into eternal relationship with our Father in heaven. Father God, we thank you for the extent of the invitation that Jesus made possible. How broad and how far and how inclusive it is that all are invited to come that you paid what was required, that we eat at your expense. And for that, we can only say thank you. For that, we bow our knee before you, our King, our Lord, our Saviour. Recognising that we need to be saved. In our self-sufficiency, our pride, in our ways of life that are caught up with the things of this world, we say we're sorry. For some of us, it's the need to earn our way and we know we can't. So we freely accept the invitation and said, thank you. And yet others of us are feeling like the crippled, the lame, the poor, the broken, the vagabond, the the ones who really don't think we deserve a seat at the table and yet your love says, yes, you do. We thank you for the identity that we find in being called your sons and daughters. We thank you for the love we experience, the acceptance, the belonging, coming around your table and being told by you just how much you love us. Thank you. Remove all guilt, 
Remove all shame. Remove any of the, the barriers. You've already done that. Thank you, Jesus. We now give ourselves into your hands again. Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content. If this podcast has raised any questions for you, contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.